Hey, caregiver. Welcome to the podcast that's created with you in mind. I am Donita Michelle, your fellow caregiver and host of the Selfful Caregiver Podcast, a form of selfish and selfless human turned selfful. So just what is selfful? Glad you asked. In simplest terms, it's that sweet spot between selfish and selfless. Selfish is all about me. Selfless is all about you. Selfful is about me and you making the caregiving journey just a little bit easier for us and our carries. Each week, you'll hear about all things caregiving, from actionable tips and strategies to help you maintain your health and well-being, relatable stories from fellow and former caregivers, and good information that we can use from field experts, all to help you on your quest to selfless. Because why? Caregiving is a lifestyle. So, hey, caregiver, are you ready? Let's get selfful. Hey, caregiver, and welcome to episode one of the Selfful Caregiver Podcast. I am your host, Donita Michelle, and I am so grateful to have you here with me today. For episode zero, I shared with you a little about me. So if you've not listened to that episode, you may want to go back, just hear a little bit about me, my background, what brought me to this place of caregiving, and what my hope is to help with my fellow caregivers as we journey through this process. So today we're going to talk about selfless, and I use the selfful caregiver as my moniker because it is a word that I discovered um, during my research of caregiving, what caregivers need, and it really resonated with me because I found myself being selfless at times when I was most of the time, to be quite honest, when I was providing care for my mom, whether it was direct care for her or navigating the healthcare system and dealing with um, insurance and appointments and, you know, um, researching facilities, all of those things. So I'm going to share with you um, exactly what it is and what it means to me as a caregiver and how you can implement some strategies and practices. So listen in. While caregiving is genuinely um, a rewarding labor love, we all know that it is also emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, and even physically taxing. We know that. CDC indicated in an article that caregiving is a public health priority and that the health of caregivers is at risk. So due to the nature of caregiving, as I mentioned, caregivers are often severely selfless and giving of themselves to their loved ones. And in turn, this leads to a lack of self-care and attention. And uh, moreover, many caregivers view self-care as selfish and often feel guilty if and when they take time for themselves. And I can attest to that. I certainly did that for quite a long time. And it's really counterproductive because lack of self-care of caregivers results in the lack of care for their loved one, which obviously is not sustainable for either, and in worst cases, times can even lead to death. As caregivers, how can we work to change this reality? 
I say we need to shift the narrative by embracing selfless. Just what is selfless? I'm glad you're wondering. As I said, I discovered this doing research, and there's a psychologist named Julie Cow. She's the founder of Evolutionary Power, and she describes selfless in a blog titled Selfish, Selfless, or Selfful as allowance for self and connection, regard for you and for me, and for that beautiful area of new possibility, discovery, and innovation. And in short terms, co-creativity. It's where we can both get everything we want. I, I thought about that as it pertained to caregiving. And so I see selfless as a marriage between selfishness and selflessness. Selfishness means it's all about me, right? So I'm just thinking all about me and I'm not thinking about anyone else. Selflessness means it's all about you. And selffulness means it's all about me and you, period. So I view selffulness as that sweet spot where we should want to be as caregivers, that when we feel like we want to take time for ourselves, that we can and do it unapologetically, but also that we're caring for the needs of our loved one in the best way that we can. So why should we practice selfishness? And there are a couple of reasons that I truly believe that we should try, not try, we need to practice selfishness because number one, as caregivers, our well-being is essential no matter where we are on the caregiving journey. It doesn't matter if we're just starting. It doesn't matter if we've been doing it for three years, if we've been doing it for 30 years. It doesn't matter. Our well-being is important, period. It's essential. When we're, you know, administering medication, we need to have our mental intact because anything could happen. I remember I was stressed out and I accidentally gave my mother her night meds in place of her morning meds. And when I went back to the pillbox, of course, that evening, I'm like, oh, snap, I didn't made a mistake. But a lot of times when you're stressed out, when you're going through, and as caregivers, we know we just kind of going through the motions, right? We really sometimes don't have time to think. We're like on autopilot, but you can be negligent in the process. Thank God nothing happened to her. But these are just some things that can happen when we're overwhelmed. And number two, it kind of ties into what you know, I said with number one, with our well being being intact, is that selfishness helps us manage stress better, which in turn allows us to show up better for our carees, our loved ones, and our responsibilities. As I mentioned, you know, I really want to create a community of holistically well, selfful caregivers and. So part of it is making sure that we have some practices in place. So we have to stay healthy in mind, body, and spirit. Um, like I say, these are these things that, that are essential during caregiving. So one, we want to take care of our emotional self. So how do we do that? And what do we think about when we think of emotional self-care? Emotional self-care are activities that can help you connect, process, 
and reflect on a full range of emotions. So some examples are acknowledging your feelings and know that they are valid. Your feelings matter. No one can tell you how you should feel and you shouldn't feel guilty about the way that you feel. You can write them down in a journal or you can share them with someone or you could just talk it out. You could pray about it. There are just so many ways that you can um, really take care of your emotional health. Practice gratitude by thinking of at least three things that you are thankful for every day. Okay, I can't do the things that I normally could do. I can't go at the drop of a dime like I used to, right? So spontaneity is out of the window. However, I can make arrangements. So being grateful that my mother has an awesome caregiver. Shout out to Kat. Um, and shout out to the caregivers that we've had, um, Aunt Pearl, Nisi, Dottie, those that have really stepped up and helped us. Um, I- I'm grateful for them. Another way to take care of your emotional health is to see a therapist. That's emotional self-care. I know that that's something that we don't really talk about in our community, or you may view it as taboo, or it may still be stigmatized, which is insane, right? We have to take care of our mental health. I view seeing a therapist just like seeing my primary care physician, getting an annual checkup. The difference is I see my therapist monthly or by week, whatever, you know, if something's going on. I'm seeing her weekly, but try it. If you haven't done it, I I promise you, you'll feel so much better when you do. Um, Create art, paint, if that's your thing, you know, draw, take pictures, whatever it is, play music. I am learning how to play the bass. Really looking forward to being able to really play my bass. Super excited about that. Um, and, And those are just some ideas of, how you can take care of your emotional self. The next is practical self-care. Practical self-care tasks you complete that fulfill core aspects of your life to prevent future stressful situations. These are things that make your life just a little bit easier, right? So examples, for me, um, signing up to subscribe and save on Amazon for supply. The more you order the more percentage you get off. So you get a, a discount on the product if you sa- sign up for subscribe and save. So I've made I've made my life so much easier. So every month, everything is coming like clockwork. Um, cleaning out your refrigerator. That's practical self-care. I promise you, every closet, the refrigerator in my house, just like a jack-in-the-box. So I knock things out side of the refrigerator and have to double clean, right? So I double clean, just keep it neat, keep what you need, throw out what you don't. Take professional development classes. To be honest, I try to do as much as I can for personal and professional development. I am the type, and I'm sure that there are some out there that can relate to me. I am an overthinker, overanalyzer, a perfectionist, So I'm working on (laughs) trying to get, not trying, I am getting out of that habit because again, emotional self-care is important. Like your emotional health is important. And when I constantly beat up on myself or feel like I am not ready, then it's counterproductive. So 
Take some professional development classes. Organize your closet. Again, like I said, I am Jack's Jack in the Box queen. After this respite, I plan on cleaning out my closet, purging, getting rid of stuff. Because who is out there like me? You wear the same thing over and over and over and over again. So get rid of those things that you haven't worn. Um, next is physical self-care. We know what that is, right? Activities that you do that improve the well-being of your physical health. And there is a correlation. Physical health also helps to strengthen your mental health. So it's kind of two for one. If we take care of our physical health, we will certainly feel so much better mentally. So some examples are keeping a bedtime schedule to give your body rest. Rest is so very important. Like I mentioned, when I was sleep deprived and all, I gave my mother the wrong medicine and it could have had some severe negative impacts, but thank God it didn't. But again, we have to get rest. So nourish your body with healthy foods. Keep it, keep yourself hydrated. There are different studies that tell you how much you drink. Some people say a gallon. Some people say half your body weight. I typically drink half my body weight. Um, and so I make sure that I'm hydrated. Set aside at least 30 minutes a day to work out. Now, I do quick hits. I love them. Um, 35 minutes, I feel like I've gotten a full body workout. And when I tell you the endorphins get going and the serotonin levels start to raise up, I release so much stress. Sometimes when my mother stresses me out, I say, I'm going downstairs, workout. And when I come back up, I feel so much better. So yes, keep your physical, or just move, right? If you like to dance, put on some music and dance, walk. Just do something to get your body moving. Fourth is mental self-care, taking care of your mind, right? So that's any activity that simulates your mind or and or your intellect. So just like with our bodies, the brain is like a muscle and we have to make sure that we exercise it properly. Some examples, setting a routine. You have a routine, you kind of know what you're going to do, like for me. I know I'm going to be making pancakes for breakfast. So I mix up the batter in advance and it lasts for like three days. I have a pancake batter dispenser and I have a griddle. And so I set the griddle, dispense the pancake batter. It makes the perfect pancake. And so there it is. I have the fresh fruit. She loves watermelon. It's already cut up. And voila, that's our routine. She loves the pancakes it's easy for me. I've even simplified the process even more so. So that helps me considerably. That I don't have to think about. So consider setting a routine. It will help you. It will help your mind. Take breaks during the day. Sometimes I just go sit out on my deck or the front and just breathe. Um, because you, even if it's five minutes, I know a lot of people may say it's hard. You know, I don't have time. Five minutes. Try five. And if five is too long, just start off with two. Just start somewhere. Practicing mindfulness, just being present, um, being aware of your surroundings, just taking it all in, being mindful of the fact that you're still here, that your loved one is still here, that you've been given this privilege. Gratitude, 
actually helps with practicing mindfulness. You could take time for mentally relaxing activities and activities that stimulate your creativity, like, you know, reading a book, something interesting, solving a puzzle. Um, My mother and I, we do puzzles together. We don't do them all the time, but this is one thing that we add to our soulfulness list that we do together. Um, Playing chess. Plant you have to think, right? That's very strategic. Going to a museum and looking at art and all those th- that those are a number of ways to take care of your mental or strengthen it, if you will. Social self-care. That's number five. So these are activities that nurture and deepen the relationships with people in your life. And I know that with caregiving, it can be very isolating. So Consider joining a support group. There are support groups for people that are in your same situation, that understand you, that already identify with what you're going through. But you could be a support for one another. It's something that when you get together, it's just a relief. You know, you just feel relieved in a way like I could breathe, I could woosah, I could be myself. People understand what I'm talking about. So consider joining a a support group, or if that's not your thing, just maybe reach out to someone every day or text them. Somebody doesn't have to be the same person, but just to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I know that sometimes as caregivers, we don't get checked on as much as we would like, especially when you're doing what you, you have to do and you're not complaining. People just assume that everything is okay. And I know that there is a saying where they say, check on your strong friends. The ones that you think are really the strongest and got it all together, a lot of times they are the ones that you need to check on. So even going through your journey as a caregiver, check on someone else and it will mean the world to them because they'll think about all of what you're going through and then maybe realize that what they're going through is not that heavy and not that we minimize uh, like, you know, kind of to go back what we were saying about validating your feelings, not that we minimize anything, but you're able to empathize with someone else. You're able to really look at your life. And, you know, it's, it's very important just to have that social connection. And then last but not least is your spiritual self-care. And spiritual self-care, activities that nurture your spirit and allow you to think bigger than yourself. A lot of times we get so caught up in the woe is me and me, me, me. And don't take the time to say, I've been chosen for such a time as this. And think about whatever your higher power is. For me, it's my relationship with God. And so some examples create a sacred space in your home for meditation, just to sit back and breathe and meditate on what's going on with your life. For me, it's what God has done, what God is doing and being hopeful and faithful about what he will do. And then dedicate time for self-reflection. A lot of times we don't take that opportunity. I know for me, and again, just being transparent, I spend so much time on what is not good around me, happening to me, about me, that it doesn't really serve me in any kind of way or serve my mother, to be quite honest. So I have to make sure 
that I am good in a good space because energy travels. In addition to those ways, those examples of how you can bolster those areas of your life, your emotional self-care, your physical self-care, your practical self-care, your mental self-care, your social self-care, your spiritual self-care. If you have, and most people do, a smartphone, tablet, computer, there are some apps that you can utilize to help you achieve some of these self-care practices. So to manage your money, we all know that supplies, care, equipment, and housing expenses add up and require us to budget. One particular app is Mint. It's one of the best apps out there to help you do so. It'll help you with budgeting. You can personalize it so it could better fit your individual needs. Again, we talked about rest, right? So sleep is one of the best ways to combat stress and anxiety. And it also helps us improve our physical health. So again, all of these have a correlation. It's not do one or the other. And that's where I talk about holistic. You can't do one. You can do one without the other, but it's going to affect something. If we don't take care of our mental health, then that's going to affect us physically. A lot of times the physical illnesses that we have are a manifestation of what we are mentally. As caregivers, we cannot afford to be sleep deprived. Like I said, when you sleep deprived, accidents happen. We can't afford it. So rest easy because there are plenty of apps that are out there to help you track and better manage your realm cycle. And there's an app called Sleep Cycle that can help you do all of these things. There is an app called Happify that can help you overcome your negative thoughts, stress, life challenges, and to get you to your happy place. So check it out. For me, my backyard is my happy place. I absolutely love it. And actually where I am right now, as I record this podcast, as I said, I'm in a cabin. It's away from everything, the hustle and bustle off the beating path. Gorgeous with it's a waterfront with a stream. It's just is like it makes me so very happy and productive, to be quite honest. And finally, Be mindful. Between caregiving and life showing up, we may focus on things that we need to do and our loved ones more than ourselves. It's so easy to get swept away in stress if we are not mindful of our own needs and health. So there's an app called Calm, which is an excellent resource for online guided meditation, and it could help you really get to a place of mindfulness. So now that you know a little more about selffulness, self-care practices, and apps that you can use to assist you on this journey, what can you do to become a little more selfful in your own life? Now, just some examples of my selffulness approach with Mama, but if you go on the website, there is a Venn diagram that you can use to determine yours. You can download it. So if you think of a Venn diagram, there's me on the left. There's my mama on the right, and then there's us in the middle, that sweet spot that I talked about early on. So for me, as the sole caregiver for my mother, the things that I do to help me maintain that selflessness is daily exercise, um, meditation and breathing, 
try to get in a monthly respite, whether it's a few hours a day or whatever. Journaling. I recently launched my business, Hey Caregiver. Personal development. As I said, I'm always my own worst critics. I'm constantly trying to develop myself, break negative habits, volunteer therapy, gardening, hiking. So those are the things that I do with my mom. Some of the things that she likes, because it's not a a lot that she can do on her own, but she likes to paint watercolors and do scratch offs. But the things that we like to do together, that's where that selfishness comes in, right? We pray together every night. This is something that has become a habit for us. A clean home helps both of us. Again, in her room, I want to make sure that she is dignified. I have everything covered, her commode covered, her equipment out of the way, her medications put away. So like I say, it maintains her dignity. And to be quite honest, it maintains my sanity because if stuff is all over the place, not organized, and I'm not able to find it, that that's going to stress me out, right? So we love to fellowship with our family, our friends and families, aromatherapy. Um, we dance together. Uh, we play cards and games. We like to listen to music. We tell Alexa, you know, put on the Linda Jones station. Laughing with, we're laughing at the song. She's asking Alexa, who is that Alexa? So, you know, just those, those things where I'm doing them just as, you know, willingly as her, like, it's not that I'm doing anything begrudgingly, both of us enjoy it. So then we can stay selfful. We're Baltimore girls. So we love crabs. We love sitting out on our decks. We love um, watching game shows. Family feud is one of our favorites and we love to wear earrings. So even though she's bedridden, I still dress her from her head to her waist. She has on her earrings and she looks cute. You know, she has on clothes and, and that helps again with her dignity and it helps me too. And again, that helps with selfishness. Like that's really mental, even emotional. You know, if I, were to see her um, looking sick, and that would affect me. So these are just some ways that we we maintain our selfishness. And I'd like to hear about your progress. You can share it on the website, drop a comment. You may be able to do it here on the podcast. I'm still learning, guys, so bear with me. But please feel free to just comment, um, share your practices of selfishness, and If this has helped you, please let me know. You can reach me at Donita, D-A-W-N-I-T-A, at heycaregiver.com. Please just feel free to reach out and remember that no matter where you are in your caregiving journey, you can be selfful. You can start today. Thanks again for tuning in and hope you join me for the next podcast. Take care. Be selfful.